As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Attention to Details podcast. Um, as always, your host, Coleman Ayers. Today, I'm going to go on a little bit of just kind of a brainstorming or rant session about how playing against good players is pretty much the perfect workout. And then from there, how we can adjust this to make sure that we're working on things that we want to, right? And this kind of stems from a conversation I was having the other day uh, where a few players were in the gym with me. I had one of my other trainers in the gym with me as well. And we were just talking a little bit about how to challenge certain qualities when you're in the gym training, right? The game is typically going to be harder than uh, the workout setting. So how do we train some of these qualities? Balance shooting, uh, finishing with contact fading a little bit in midair a lot of these things that they were just kind of asking me about and it was just turned into a little bit of a brainstorming session and i kind of had the answer for them which we'll get into in a few minutes but i didn't want to say it i wanted to kind of let them figure it out on their own so i was like all right come up with a few drills for balance shooting right came up with a few drills they did some ones that we've done in the past same thing for like contact finishing um and they were doing i don't know like acrobatic stuff in midair balance shooting was like doing kind of like some jump back drills where they're jumping from like uh free throw line trying to get back to close to the three-point line really get on balance and shoot from there right so they're getting creative i was like good these are these are cool drills um i use these a lot amazing then after the session as we pretty much always do i let them play one-on-one just unconstrained free one-on-one go hoop against each other um king of the court style now i started looking for some things and i started to film this one-on-one And at the end of that one-on-one, I showed them a few things that I had noticed as they were playing. And this was that they were training the exact same qualities that we had spent an hour trying to train solo by themselves, right? Coming up with unique drills. They were training these qualities in that one-on-one. So I was like, yo, look, look how tough uh, this fight for your balance is. Look how you're having to finish with contact here and adjust. Look how you have to make this tough fader around the rim. All these things that we were working on for an hour, they're getting these same skills or they're training these same skills by just playing one-on-one, all right? And again, I don't want this episode to 
be taken the wrong way in the sense of like, yeah, you know, screw drills, screw actually targeting qualities, just go play a one-on-one, go play five-on-five and you'll get better. No, I don't want this to be taken out of context. But, and you guys know that based on what I post on social media and, and the philosophies that I have, I do think it's important to train those things. But I do want this to be kind of a wake-up call for us as trainers and coaches that a lot of the time we're over-drilling players and that the best drill or the best exercise or the best means of improvement can be letting them play against good players. And we still can constrain these things. We, we still can steer them in the right direction uh, through these games, through this free play. And I'll get into that. But I do think that playing against good players freely is one of the best ways to learn. And this is why I say this. Think about you playing one-on-one, you playing five-on-five. Again, everything that you do in that setting is going to be tougher than what you do when you're in the gym by yourself, period, right? Every time you drive, maybe you get some contact. Every time you're getting into a shot, it's probably not going to be easy or an easy shot. You're at least maybe a little bit off balance. You're going at a higher speed. You're a little bit more fatigued because you're playing against live defenders. So everything gets a little bit tougher. And I think this is where, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations about like how do NBA players get better. A lot of their workouts are just maintenance workouts. And I do think there's some room for improvement here as well. I think NBA players need more challenge. That's a story for another episode. But a lot of how they get better is just playing against other NBA players throughout that offseason, right? They play pickup games. They go to open runs. They hoop. And... Again, I think this is an extremely undervalued method of improving, which is ironic that hooping is an undervalued method of improving your hooping skills. Uh, But I do think that we need to allow players more freedom to just go hoop, to play five on five, to play one on one, to play three on three against good players. Because again, this is the, to me, best method of just forcing players into difficult uh, challenges and challenging some of their skill qualities. Now, where we come in as trainers and as coaches and where you can come in as a player even um, who's well-versed, clearly you're listening to this, so is well-versed in uh, training and training you know, in a, in a smart, creative way, is we can set constraints on this play. So, for example, I'm not just every single time letting these players, all right, go play one-on-one, uh, you'll get better this way, right? Sometimes I'll say, all right, we're playing one-on-one, everything has to be in the paint. We're playing one-on-one, everything has to be a shot off the dribble. We're playing one-on-one, now you can't dribble and I'm passing it to them and they gotta get open for a shot. You're playing one-on-one, defense is being super physical. So I'm using these constraints to now get what I want out of these players and give them problems to solve. So if we take it from the most free example, just one-on-one, five-on-five that is unconstrained, none of those little rules, they get a lot. They get a wide variety of things. And this is good. We want this a lot as well. But how often are they going to get, you know, a two-foot finish at the rim if we want to work on two-foot finishes? You know, three, four times throughout that game. But if we say, all right, we're playing one-on-one, you can only finish off of two feet. Now we get the, the benefit of playing against defense, against doing it or giving them a ton of freedom. But we're also encouraging them and constraining them so that they get these reps a ton. They're just getting now 10, 12, 15 two-foot finish, uh, two finishing reps because we've set that rule. And that's, from my standpoint, an art as a coach. When you can 
customize and personalize these games that are still fun, they're free, they're engaging, they allow a lot of independence for the athlete, but we're still getting what we want out of it. We're still training what we want out of it. Um, another example here could be, you know, how many step backs, for example, uh, does a player get in a five on five game? You know, three throughout the game, if they're a good shooter off the dribble, whatever, I could walk up to a player before the game and say, or to the team, to the group and say, all right, you get two points for a step back three. Now, do we want to do that with most players? Probably not, whatever. But if this is like our main score, he's at a high level, we want him to work on creating separation off the dribble. All right, you get two points for this. So now we're manipulating the point system to get this athlete to do more of what we want them to work on. That incentivizes him to now probably shoot seven or eight step back threes rather than the two or three that would just naturally emerge from a regular five on five game. So again, we can we can manipulate the points the rules, all of these things to still get what we want out of this. And what we can also do out of this is coach them. So if we coach an athlete, their technique, their strategy, whatever it may be, in a just a drill with no defense, it may learn something, but there's always going to be that lag in applying it into the real game. Now, if we let them play one-on-one, and I'm talking to my athletes in between, maybe it's king of the court, they miss a bucket, I walk up to them as they're waiting to get back on, and I'm like, Yo, try this next time. Or as you get into this, into the paint, try to think about uh, fading a little bit more to the left or allowing your, yourself to fade more to the left. And I'm just giving these, giving them these kind of uh, quick injections of advice or maybe tips, whatever, however you want to think about it, whatever you want to call it. But now they have the context to actually apply these things. It may be a little bit tougher to apply it than if they didn't have defense, but there's not going to be that lag once they learn it without defense. Now they got to learn it with defense. They're learning it straight in the context of the game and of the environment that they're going to be seeing when they're actually competing, competitive setting. So I do think that just free play for our athletes is super underrated, partially because we get paid as trainers and coaches to coach players up. So a lot of what our sessions become is just like very saturated coaching when in reality we can let them free play and then customize or personalize this free play to what we want it to look like and then coach them through this free play uh so again short podcast here but i just wanted to uh, mention a couple ideas that i've been having a couple realizations that i've been having especially through that session i think those players realize oh crap i just got to go play more one-on-one and then you know constrain the points the rules all that stuff and again, I truly believe that, especially if you're playing against good defenders, they're going to force you into tough shots. They're going to force you into doing things that maybe you're not comfortable with. That's the point of training. The point of training is to get into things that are uncomfortable, that are difficult. And when we're playing against good athletes, good players, or even just decent players, we don't have to find ways to do this. It naturally happens. And to me, that sounds like a really good environment for improvement. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this short podcast. Got a bunch more coming like this just kind of short quick ideas uh stay tuned as always let me know if you have any ideas for things that you want to hear me talk about until next time i'm out let's jump into pepper's world of play look for spring flowers hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with pepper play sets pepper pig inspiring kid confidence